everybody thank you so much for listening i'm really excited about today's podcast i am delighted to be talking to ross gilmore today the very successful business owner of checkmate socks a very high quality clothing company with a social mission to raise awareness for mental health and i'm super excited to know a little bit more about checkmate socks the mission and you know why you started the company but most importantly I'm excited to know more about the journey because this wasn't always the plan you actually were playing at international youth level football for Scotland and your dream was to become a professional footballer so that is a complete 180 from that to that and I'm so excited to learn more about the journey you took to get here and you know your your struggles and challenges along the way I'm just so excited and I think it's probably best if I stop blabbing and I let Ross kind of introduce himself and maybe start on the football because I'm so excited to learn about that. So hi there, Ross. Thanks for having us on the, the podcast. Um, just wanted to say, yeah, the wellbeing portal is, is, um, is something I've recently been involved in and, and discussing with the team and it's it's um, it's exceptional what you're doing for the, the staff, the, the parents and the, the pupils and, you know, the the neighbouring schools. Uh, in terms of my journey, yeah, um, it wasn't always the plan. Uh, you know, my dad have a dream of playing professional football and it was going as well as it could have done. You know, I left school at 16, went to sign professionally for Dundee United and, you know, I moved out of the, the family home up to Dundee um, where we actually stayed in, you know, a large digs with, you know, 15 of us in the same house um, which was a, a massive um, difference compared to, you know, living in a, the, the family home in mm. uh, Glasgow. So in terms of, yeah, the journey, you know, I was three years full time and it was, you know, it was going relatively well. I had, you know, opportunities to play for Scotland during that period of time. And then, you know, got to 20 years old and I hadn't made the, the breakthrough into the Dundee United first team, which I'd hoped. And uh, I was released at 20 years old. Now, in you know, other countries, that's there's maybe a massive pyramid that you can fall back on and move down. But within Scotland, you know, the only the top league, and you know, some of the most of the second league are full time, if not part time. So there isn't many where many teams to go for. And the reality at home that I do need to find another career. So that's when you know you have to go job hunting. Uh, I did work in retail. Uh, I took on some. A job in the Grant's Whiskey Distillery, uh, the stockroom. <laughs> How was, did you um, get that job then? <laughs> uh, so it was actually through one of the dads um, of one of my friends at the football team. Uh, right. He worked for Scottish Enterprise and they were doing some work with the the company in the the stockroom at the Grant's Whiskey Distillery in Bells Hill. Mm. So about a 40 minute drive from my house and uh, my shift was 7 to 3. So uh, it was a reality check from getting up at 8.30 and going to training to having to get up at 5 and and drive uh, through to through to work. But yeah, it was a it was a an eye opener um, to how hard uh, you know the real outside world can be um, apart, away from the football. And it did really make you appreciate you know the days you used to complain about having to do two or three training sessions in one day if it's the gym if it's Pilates and you know, training in the morning on the pitch, we used to, you know, complain. Whereas now, you know, you're up at five and you weren't getting home after football training at night, you know, mm -hmm. trying to continue that professional career uh, on a part-time basis 
And I think you used to get in at 11 o'clock and then you were up at five again the next day going back to work. So it was a massive difference in, um, in my life and made you really appreciate how you know fortunate you are if you do get the opportunity to go full-time uh, or be a professional footballer to, to grasp it with, with both hands. Wow, okay. So how, how did you feel going from you know, that, that schedule you had playing football and then going into, I guess, your first ever job and what was that transition like? Did you, did you struggle at all? You, I mean, you know, you were, yeah, did you struggle during that transition? Yeah, massively. Um, the, the biggest thing, and it goes back to when you're at school and you've got your, um, your careers advisors and asking, you know, what would you like to do when you're older? Mm-hmm. A lot of the time when you're so engrossed and, following your dream of being a professional footballer, you know, your only option is, or you only think of is, oh, I'm going to be a footballer, you know? Mm. And then when you get to 20 years old, you are expected, you know, as an adult to to have that career plan sorted, you know, and you don't, you know, you have no idea what you're good at, you know, idea what you're interested in. And I think that's one of the biggest elements of the, the unknown. Um, you just have to... I guess accept reality. I think that's a big thing. You need to just accept accept that this is where you're at now, and you need to. This is your new baseline, if you want to call it. And you need to then, you know, kick on from here. And it can only go up. You know, you need mm-hmm. to view it in a, a positive manner. But it definitely wasn't easy. You know, especially from a financial perspective. You know, you didn't have a lot of financial um, savings. You know, you weren't expecting your to be in this situation possibly. And you know, you look at your friends who are recently, you know, in the neighbourhood. A lot of them are qualified apprentices now. They've, you know, they've qualified through their apprenticeship and their time served around 20, you know, 21, 22. Mm. You're already five years behind them. And that's something you just need to accept. If you want to be an apprentice, you're going to be an old apprentice. Mm. If you want to start a university degree, you know, you have to go to college first and get qualifications to get into university. Um, so there's, there's a lot of stuff to think about. And yes, it can be overwhelming, but I think accepting responsibility and accepting reality is, is probably the first thing you need to try and get your head around. Mm. So did, did anything particularly uh, happen that really helped you kind of um, accept that part of your life? I think from a personal perspective, it was just speaking to people. Um, I met some great individuals at the Whiskey Distillery who mm. were just workers in the distillery, but, you know, engineers, etc. And they were really, they heard the story, you know, they, I spoke to them on a daily basis and they understood where I came from and how I didn't want to be in the whiskey distillery and, the, you know, stacking the engineering parts onto the shelves for for the best part of them. Um, you know, I started off in the stockroom, then they thought I'd done a good job, so they sent me into the attic of the of the distillery and then I was out in porter cabins during the winter time, <laughs> uh, which was, a you know, they, that was about minus three and I'm out, you know, stacking conveyor belt chains onto shelves. So, honestly, it was... Um, it was definitely not the easiest, but I think that was the the biggest thing was just the more people you spoke to, the more doors opened and, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's um, will trying to help you. And that's actually how I, you know, moved into my full-time job, my first full-time job, which was um, I joined Jacobs Engineering as a, a junior uh, electrification and plant technician, which was the lowest grade you could, you could go in on. Um, but that was through a man I'd met within the plant. His wife worked for Network Rail, and, you know, through Facebook, I'd seen an advert that Jacobs were recruiting from a, a family friend. So, you know, these, from just speaking to one person at work, the doors opened for me and, you know, and things started to get moving. So that was, um, 
first bit of positive news, I guess, when I when I got the job. Fantastic. So you had quite a few uh, different jobs to do as well. So did, yeah. would you mind kind of like uh, telling us about uh, a couple of like maybe some highs that you had during your during your career? Because uh, I know you also did a, gr- a degree, so I'm interested about that as well. If you could tell us more about yeah, so my, from that to that. Since, since the football has... Um... You know, career had, had finished. I did continue it on a part-time basis, so I was playing part-time. But the main focus from then on was obviously trying to pursue a career in what was now the engineering and the, the railway. Um, so that was, from a personal perspective, I had a real desire to complete a degree because I knew um, academically I could have done it if I hadn't I didn't leave school to play football. And it was something I knew that my, my mum in particular would have been very proud of to complete because it was something that, no one in the family had achieved before, so it was a, a good um, incentive to do so. And fortunately enough, Jacobs at the time, uh, the agreement was that I completed one year in the company. And as long as I'd shown the right you know, ambition and um, attributes, they would pay for my degree part-time. Right. So I completed the degree on a part-time basis, day release, um, alongside my working experience. And for me, that was, it was very, very tough, but uh, a lot of late nights, but the benefit that has gained um, in my career uh, has been incredible because I was able to work and gain that work experience over the four years. It then meant when I was leaving the, the degree and was finished, I was then a five-year um, experienced engineer with a degree. Mm-hmm. And that's a far better selling point to any employer than if, to be honest, than if you are four years in a degree with no work experience in the industry and then you're starting off from scratch. Um, so that was a massive um, benefit from my perspective. That's amazing. So, I mean, so how long ago was this then? Because it's, it's, it's you, you, when did you start, I guess, transitioning from the engineering to, I guess, being a business owner? I mean, how did... What's the connect? So the the engineering job is actually still my full time employment. Right. Um, okay. The the uh, the business the checkmate socks business is something I've done on the side for a um <laughs> a number of years and will continue to be until checkmate is at the scale where you know I can um leave the full time position that I've got uh, at the the engineering company. So I'm currently a design manager. Uh, on high speed two, uh, I do a design um, or I manage a design team to, you know, some of the viaducts, culverts, etc. On on that job, so it's definitely been a a roller coaster ride from leaving football to to now. Um, in terms of the development of the business, you know, I've learned a lot about myself over the years, and I think one of the things is I've got a lot of ideas. And I'm sure you have. I mean, are you telling me that this business that was featured in GQ magazine is a side hustle? Is this what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to call it a side hustle, but yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely one that's that's not at the scale yet that it needs to be for, for mm-hmm. it to become a, a full-time, uh, you know, role, which I would love, love it to be, to be honest. Um, you know, maybe in a few years' time or a year's time or two, depending on uh the reach and how much positive impact we can make in the world that will be a, an opportunity we can i can take on 
the, the checkmate socks, I guess, was something that I'd... My brother had a massive passion for socks, and every Christmas I used to have to buy him new socks. <laughs> and I actually have a real... Um, I have a passion for helping people. Um, you know, I actually met my current partner at volunteering for uh, giving out clothes at the for the homeless during COVID uh, in Glasgow. Mm -hmm. So, like, with the two of us just met each other doing that. So, like, that was something that you know I do like to um, to help and the ability to combine something that was able to to positively impact people's lives, but also you know learn a business from you know from scratch is is what. I really wanted to um, do and obviously the mental health element had its personal uh, mm. you know reasons for it as well you know mm. we had a family um, grievance through suicide one of my dad's cousins which was a um, really definitely sent a and there was a massive personal effect through the family on that you know she was a very loving family woman she had a, you know kids and no one seen it coming to be honest but you know you never know what the when people don't open up or are unable to open up, that's mm -hmm. what can happen. Yeah. And also from a football perspective, you know, I witnessed an awful lot of boys suffer with mental health through the, the years that I played football, you know, if it was gambling, if it was just dealing with leaving football in general or, or the disappointments around football, injuries, etc. Mm -hmm. It had a massive effect. So I thought that it was fitting that the... The socks, which I'm not sure you mentioned at the start, but we do donate 10% of all sales to mental health charities. Yeah. And we um, that's something that I love to do because you can really then mm -hmm. give money to the people who are expertly trained to help those in need. And that's something that, you know, I would I would definitely always advise if anyone was coming to us or me, um, you know, looking for help, you know, you know the right people to speak to and you pass them on to them because they're the ones that are... Um, in the position and with the facilities and the tools to to help them absolutely such an important message when did when did you when did you when did you actually start this this business and how did you think okay i'm definitely going to make this work and what am i going to need to know so i started off in 2019 2018 and i remember doing them on cad at work and they were they were so bad and I occasionally post it. I think you can see it on my website as well, just about the journey on a, the About Us page. And it shows the transition from the, the original picture through to, you know, the finished product, which, um, you know, you can see on when you're out and about, sometimes you see it on people's feet, which is a, a great uh, a great feeling and it will never get old. Mm. Um, but yeah, I started off then and then we went through manufacturing, you know, contacting companies and, you know, telling them my design, showing them it. And then, um, you know, I was really fortunate that actually the first samples we received were high quality. And, you know, I've continued with the same manufacturer ever since. Um, and then it's been, it's moving on from there. We went through some tough times with COVID and the impact of that, you know, the the prices of affording stock, you know, shipping, et cetera, was very, very challenging. So we, managed, we, we got through that with a lot of people still loyal to the brand and then we have really you know kick-started again from the start of this year and I feel as if it's on a really good you know projectile now to do projectory sorry now to do well um you know the partnerships with yourself we've had a few good collaborations with some gyms up in you know in Scotland and um I really obviously the the, the ability of saying that you've been in GQ magazine which was a, a great <laughs> feeling uh we they reached out to us at the start of last year and 
yeah, it was um, it was pretty cool to see the socks when you opened up the magazine and then Brad Pitt was on the front cover and Checkmate Socks was on the inside. Nice. So that was quite a yeah, that was quite a surreal moment. Um, it did feel as if the brand had definitely took a, mm. uh, you know, it took a good journey to get to that point. But it was at a point now where people were maybe recognising it, and hopefully this year it can kick on. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I think it's only going to grow and grow from here. To be honest, I mean, I can see it doing very very well, and it's just got such an important mission as well. So. Yeah, so we've we've actually so the the good thing is we've um I've managed well, we've managed to scale it from one style, which was just your official original black and white socks, and now we've got actually ten styles of socks and some active wearing hoodies and stuff like that as well. So we have managed to grow the range quite well. Um, and yeah, we hope to you know keep that going. So you say we. So who's helping you? <laughs> to be honest, it's a bit of a. It's myself who does the packaging, who does the posting on social media, uh, who does the, yeah, pretty much the website, you know, all these sort of things. I do get some help from, you know, my family, close family and my partner. Um, mm. If that's involved in, she likes, she's good at reviewing my posts, for example. You know, she's a social media manager for a, a large energy firm, so she deals with all their um, social media posts and stuff. So she does, um, if there's any spelling errors, etc., she will you know, help me out in that sense. Uh, and yeah, to be honest, you know, when I was working away from home the last couple of years, I was out, it was my, my full-time job was able to locate me in Australia. I did actually run the business from Australia, but with the family helping me doing the packaging of the products at home. So that was, um, yeah, that was quite a challenge to do it from overseas, but it definitely um, made me realise that, you know, that you can actually do it. And that's the, if you want to grow a brand, sometimes you do need to step out of the, the day-to-day running to try and, you know, to try and give it a bit of a leg up. Mm, that's something I, I wanted to ask you is if, if if you have any, if there are any young people kind of in a position where they have this great idea, they want to implement it, what kind of advice would you give them to kind of get that going, do you think? I think from... My perspective, looking back, it would have been speaking to more people or going directly to people who have done it before. You know, mm. you might not be able to get in touch with the person who owns Gymshark, for example, um, who done exactly that. You know, he had an idea and he just started going with the idea, selling his T-shirts. And now look at him, you know, billion-dollar company. Um, you know, that's the dream for everyone, but you might not get in touch with these people. Um, feel free, and I would, you know, advise to reach out because you might find you're the lucky one that, you know, responds to. But, you know, go down to the lower levels and find, you know, brands, you know, like, for example, you know, Checkmate Socks, you know, just speaking to the owners of these brands on Instagram, which are, you know, necessarily smaller, upcoming, but have already been, you know, a year ahead or two years ahead of where you want to be. And they'll tell you, you know, the things to do and the things not to do. And that can be, you know, don't spend a massive amount of money on your MVP. You know, make sure you've got people interested in the product first before you're thousands of pounds deep in an investment. Mm. and it doesn't work out you know there's ways you can structure your company you know if it's limited company if it's sole trader you know what impacts that may have depending on the start of the career and that's all something I really you know I probably jumped in feet first a wee bit and then I've, I've learned you know positives and negatives along the way um but yeah I think definitely speaking to people and and do it you know make sure you do it because the one thing I would say more than anything is it might not have you know blown up to the scale that it potentially can be in the future by 
the decisions I've made, but the you know the business lessons I've learned from from just starting has has been incredible. That's amazing. I I think you've had an incredible journey so far and I, i'm looking forward to seeing where you go next and what happens to you know uh checkmate socks i think it is just going to grow and grow and grow which is really exciting I, I i think i think the main takeaways i would say is that definitely keep your eyes open for opportunities i would take away that i think um also i think um I don't know I think sometimes you have a plan in life and it just it doesn't work out but you can get to a place which is just as amazing which you would never thought of I think is, is something I would take away is there anything that you would like to tell our young people um you know particularly relating to your journey and your life so far that you'd like to share with them is there any point that are there any points that you'd like to share just before we go, I suppose. Yeah, thank you. I think the the one thing that's probably I would like to pass on is that you need to try. Um, you know, and the younger you are, the less responsibilities you've got to try. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if it is pursuing the dream of being a professional footballer, I would hundred percent, you know, advise if you know, if you think that you're in a position and you can achieve that, you know, give it your best. But in the back of your mind, just have that backup plan or that thought about that you know what am I good at am I a good communicator communication in, in the workplace in any industry is massive and you know and a lot of the time as well kids who go through the sporting backgrounds will deal with a lot of um, disappointments and a lot of feedback and criticism and it's actually that resilience that you build up through mm. working in or, or growing up in a sporting background is what will really stand you in great stead for life outside of football so there's massive benefits in pursuing the career and also you can take the skills that you've learned from that career and take them into the workplace uh, and as you mentioned the uh, you've, you've got to try you know that business idea you know if it's one job into another job do it um you know i've done this job my full-time role now for around eight years and it's not to say that i'll continue doing that for the foreseeable future or the rest of my life but um I've been positive. It's been great enough to me because I've allowed to travel with my work. Um, you know, I was able to work in Australia and Germany and things like that through the engineering. So there's um, there's definitely positives and and the silver lining in every story, I guess. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I think that is a fantastic uh, point to end on. I'm so pleased you took the time to talk to us today. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening and. We'll see you next time.